If you're listening to this podcast, odds are you have a small business. In fact, your business may be good, too good, so much so that you're soon overwhelmed trying to run your business with a pen and paper. Maybe your desk gets covered in sticky notes and phone calls and emails can swallow up days at a time. Instead of all that, consider something better. 17 Hats. 17 Hats is the premier platform for small businesses like yours, especially businesses of one. 17 Hats lets you manage your business better with one place to streamline everything from leads to onboarding to billing. You can reclaim hours otherwise lost to chaos. This newfound time lets you focus on what you do best and live your best life. If you know us, you know we love using 17 Hats, our client management system that we simply can't run our businesses without. It's a business management platform for solopreneurs. It automates the busy work that steals your time and allows you to manage your business better. Go from good to better to best with 17 Hats. You can get started for free at 17hats.com. Use the referral code, which is all one word, equipped creatives. Again, that's the number 17 hats.com. Welcome back to the Equipped Creatives Podcast. I am Tony, your co-host. And I'm Julia. And we are so glad you've tuned in to today's episode, which will be all about a deep dive into workflow. Having an efficient workflow, how to manage owning a business and wearing more than one hat, And all the reasons why having a solid workflow game plan is one of the most important parts of running your business, that is what we're talking about today, you guys. So whether you're a photographer like us, or you have a different kind of creative business that manages clients while still delivering some kind of service, this episode is going to be for you. Every small business owner needs to have a system in place to help run their business and stay organized to run their business in a professional and and an efficient way. So join us today as we break down our personal workflows and give you helpful tips on how to improve yours. You're listening to the Equipped Creatives Podcast with Tony from Tony Marie Photography and Julia from Julia Kathleen Photography. Two girls from opposite coasts who started their photography passions in high school have since turned their hobbies into full-time photography and education businesses. Whether you're a photographer, creative entrepreneur, or you simply just want to hang out and talk about life together, you're in the right place. This podcast will leave you feeling inspired, prepared, and most importantly, equipped to take on your creative dreams. All right, guys, like we said in the intro, today is a deep dive into workflow, and we're just going to kind of break down a little bit like the back end of what it's like for us to run our business as wedding and elopement photographers. Um, But again, this can be applied to any creative business owner that, you know, you can just take away little tips and tricks that we have, you know, in place for our business to just run a very successful and organized business. Um, And I do think that, you know, to have a successful business, you do need to be organized And this is just kind of a topic. It's one of those things where I feel like everybody can relate to if you are in the small business world and we can always get better at our workflow and just continue to make it better, cleaner, more organized. And so Julie and I have been doing this for about 11 years now, and we have definitely found certain systems that just work for us in our businesses. So hopefully this will be helpful for you guys if you're tuning in and maybe you already have an organized system that you go by to keep things organized and keep your workflow workflowing. Or maybe you want to um, kind of revamp your workflow process. Um, either way, I think that there's going to be some things that you guys can take away. And so we're going to dive in. So first things first, Initial email. So I guess we can start with kind of just that initial communication part of chatting with your clients. So first thing, when you get an inquiry, um, what Julie and I do is we plug it into our client management system, which you will hear us reference quite a bit probably throughout this episode, (laughs) um, which is 17 hats. 
Um, there's a few different platforms out there that are great to work with to just help manage your clients, emails, contracts, invoices, all of that. But we use 17 Hats. And if you are not new here, then you definitely have heard us mention that before. But um, yeah, that is just a great tool for us to be able to just keep everything organized and kind of all in one place. So if you don't already have some kind of client management system, definitely that's step number one. Um, but yeah, what we'll do is we will take an inquiry that we get from our websites and plug it into 17 hats. And with the inquiry process, you want to make sure that you are getting the information that you feel like you need as the business owner. Um, so for us, you know, being wedding photographers, that will include the wedding date that they want to in- inquire about the names of the bride and groom, the destination location, of the wedding, making sure, you know, it's in within reach of where we can go or where we Mm -hmm. want to go. Um, and if that's going to be someplace that's going to take us, you know, by plane or whatever, we want to make sure that the date that they have in their inquiry is also available for us in the surrounding days. We can look in our calendar. So just making sure that you get the right information from your inquiry is really like a great place to start. Um, And then, yeah, then we can talk about, you know, the initial communication that's going to go between you and the client from that first inquiry point. Um, Communication is so, so key with your clients to be able to run a successful business, to not get ghosted. Mm -hmm. So first talk about that and dive into that because that's kind of like (laughs) a starting point. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I totally agree. I think with the initial email... One thing that really does help with getting ghosted as well, just a little side note, is responding to emails quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important to clients. They want to know that you can respond in a timely manner. It kind of sets you up for success because if you're res- taking you know days to respond, that could also mean that you might be late to the wedding or something like that. You just never know. Yeah. So it's really good to have just timely communication. Mm -hmm. And like Tony said, communication is the key to running a successful business with your clients. So we are huge on that. That's the first step. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know about you, Tony, but I think for me, I do try to respond in 24 to 40 hours because I do know that some days it does get really busy and I have let uh, emails slide through the cracks a little bit before too when I'm in my busy season, like right now. And um, so I think that's why it's important to, again, have that client management system so you can keep track of everything Mm -hmm. and keep track of when to send emails out and all of that good stuff. So that's number one. hundred percent couldn't agree more that, you know, the time in which you're going to respond to your emails and your inquiries is going to be really, really key here. And um, just going off of that, I feel like a nice way to just set expectations from the jump with even that first thing, which is the time that it's going to take you to get back to the client, is to even have like a little thing on your website that you can um, program it to say like once an inquiry is sent, they will see on their screen once they hit that submit button that, okay, a little message from me is I will get back to you. You can expect a response you know, 24 to 48 hours during weekday work days. You know what I mean? Because I don't mm-hmm. usually respond to emails on the weekends because that's usually when we're shooting. Um, but that's just, again, like what works for us with our workflow. Um, but that way they know, okay, if they've inquired on a Friday afternoon, they can expect to hear from me Monday or Tuesday because I'm probably not going to answer that over the weekend. But if they, if they send in their inquiry on a Monday, then they can expect to hear from me on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So even just setting the expectations from the jump, once they first hit that submit inquiry button is just good because that is like, we're going to talk about that a lot, setting expectations communicating. Those are going to be really, really important, especially when it comes to the topic of ghosting. If we're trying to avoid that, definitely take some notes here on what we've learned works and doesn't work when it comes to, you know, that topic, but also just communicating in a really efficient way. So yeah, definitely. I think all of this app or adds to your client experience as well, which is again, 
all it all comes back to client experience. So that's <laughs> one of our number one yeah. uh, priorities with with all of this and why we really prioritize having such a good workflow. And mm-hmm. a little disclaimer, our workflow doesn't have to look like your workflow, but this is just what's worked for us. And it's been really helpful and has allowed us to get consistent inquiries and um, mm-hmm. good reviews and stuff like that. So uh, so this has been working really well. But I did want to ask you, Tony, because I know we do things a little bit differently. But uh, so for me, I feel like a lot of my clients end up, I'll send out the emails um, get to know them a little bit over the email. And sometimes I'll just have clients actually go ahead and book me right then and there. We don't jump on a phone call or anything like that right away. Mm-hmm. However, I will schedule the phone calls and, or maybe a zoom call or something usually mm-hmm. one month prior to their wedding date mm-hmm. with the shoots. It's a little bit different because, um, I feel like usually I'll just book them over email. Maybe we'll Maybe we'll have a phone call, but I feel like I do a good job at setting their expectations up front. So a phone call might not be needed, but mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you if if people call you in the beginning to book you or what that looks like. Yeah, no, I'm glad you're bringing this up too, because I feel like this is also a question that you and I get a lot when we are teaching in person at our mm-hmm. workshops. And we kind of like to go back and forth about like, the similarities and the differences between how we do this part of our workflow with the initial communication process. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is going to look different for everyone, every photographer, every small business owner. And I think that this is kind of where you have to do a little bit of experimenting um, because it's not a one size fits all, like what we're teaching and talking about right now is not a one size fits all for everybody. And everybody's schedule and clients and everything is different. So you kind of have to figure out and feel out like what works for you and is what is working for your business. Um, But for me personally, my first um, email back to my clients will have um, a couple things included. And that is one, them communicating with them that not only am I super excited that they have reached out to me and I would love to hear more about, you know, what their vision is for their day, but it also has my wedding guide attached to it, which has all of my pricing FAQ stuff, which we can talk a little bit more about in a second. But it also says that I, it's important to me to hop on a call with my clients um, to kind of get the connection part going. So for Mm -hmm. me, it's really important to have that connection aspect Um, between me and my clients. I want to see if it's a good fit. They want to see if it's a good fit. So I have found that jumping on a phone call is just a little bit more, it kind of up levels the personal experience that they get with me. Um, It up levels the custom experience that they're getting with me. Um, So I like to do that. That's just uh, also part of my personality maybe where I just like really want to get to know people and see how, you know, that connection is going to be. And also just, I feel like I can learn more about the couple. So usually what I'll do is I will say, like, I would love to hop on a call with you after you've reviewed my packet that's attached at the bottom that has a bunch of information on there. And if you read that, you see what you like, you want to go ahead and kind of take the next step. This is the next step to schedule a call and to talk more about expectations, let me hear a little bit more about your story. And then when we are on that call, I will write a bunch of notes that we have gone over Or in that call. I kind of help them and use that time to kind of help and guide them towards the package that's going to make the most sense for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like add-ons that are going to make sense for them. A lot of my weddings, all of them are minimum, pretty much minimum six hours. Usually it's eight or nine hours of coverage. So um, the, the weddings that I'm dealing with are definitely bigger, longer days than compared to what you typically deal with. Right. So um, I think that is something that I just like to really, again, a part of my client experience is just adding that the phone calls, the um, helping them guide them through everything from what package yes. they need to creating the timeline and all of that good stuff. So I do feel like that's important for me. Um, yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. So that's that's hopefully answers your question. Yeah, definitely. And I think that 
you know, potential clients are wanting to connect with you on a personal level. And if the client is comfortable with you from the beginning, even from your emails, they're going to be more comfortable booking you and they're going to be more comfortable at the actual shoot too. So um, again, it all comes back to client experience. Like we said, of course, we always recommend being professional in your emails, but not being afraid to add a little bit of your personality and um, just kind of like going above and beyond and just giving them a good experience because that's how you're going to stand out from uh, other photographers. So I think that that's really, really helpful just to be yourself and that'll help you stand out. So I think that's a good little tip. Do you, do you also include a pricing PDF or some kind of guide in your initial emails as well? I do. So I will send them the email back to an inquiry and I have my guide already in there. So they're able to look at the guide if they want. And then I also add my pricing at the bottom of the email too, because some people aren't into PDF guides. So if they're not, they have both options in the email to look through everything. So I think that's been helpful for me. And in the guide, I just really make sure that I answer literally any question that somebody could have about what it's like to work with me, what the client experience is like, um, just really all of the above. And I know a lot of this information is going to be, it's already on my website too, but I think that people sometimes don't take the time to go on there and and read everything. So it's important to just kind of like add this information to different Places, mm-hmm. social yeah, media, repurpose, emails, repurpose the website. content you've already, yeah, wrote. yes, and it and it ties your brand all in together as well as one. So, um, so that can be helpful for clients, but for sure. And something that you and I both do is we have uh, email templates that we use that are already in Seventeen Hats. So when we get that initial inquiry, we can just go ahead and send one of the email templates that is like our initial. Uh, initial email that we will send to people once they inquire. Um, But one thing that I would say to that, just to kind of add a helpful tip is um, having, you know, solid email templates is going to be so helpful and just being time effective, but also you want to customize it slightly each time to just be able to still keep that personal element Mm -hmm. in the mix of things. So I know we both do that. Um, and you know, one, one example of something that you can just always have in your email template for an initial inquiry is this PDF or pricing guide that we're kind Mm -hmm. of mentioning, you know, like something that you don't have to go in every single time you get an email and you're, you're going to respond to an email. Okay. Now I have to go in and attach this guide or this pricing thing. Like if it's in a template, it's already there. So you can just kind of like pull it up and then customize certain parts of the email to fit their inquiry. So you want to just, the goal here with workflow is just to keep things personal, but also be time effective. So those are two key things. And having solid email templates is just always really helpful with that. Um, Something else I wanted to mention was just something if you are going to do a PDF or some kind of pricing guide or wedding guide or elopement guide, or if you're a hair and makeup person, your hair and makeup guide, you know, whatever business it is, if you have some kind of PDF that you're sending, something that's really helpful to have in there if you don't already have it is an FAQ page. Um, because that is going to really save time with you going back and forth over commonly asked questions over email with the clients over and over and over again. Yes. Um, and this is something that I've gone into my PDF and I've customized and added to or have taken away over the years. Like every year, I kind of like to revisit that and Me too. see, you know, is there a commonly asked question that I get a lot from my clients if so, I should probably add that in my FAQ page. And I feel like when you have that in there, it really saves a lot of time because I don't get the same questions over and over like I used to since right. I've mm-hmm. con- continued to update the FAQ page. So if you don't already have one of those, make sure you add one. If you do have one, maybe this is a reminder to go in and just like kind of do a little checkup and say, is there anything I should adjust here? Is there anything I could take away or add to just kind of keep that um, fresh and consistent. If you know us, one of the things we value the most is client experience. Want to know one of the best ways to up-level your client experience? A client photo gallery delivery service. We have to tell you about our sponsor today, PickTime. 
PicTime is an online photo gallery service to deliver, share, and sell your photos. Not only does it offer a fast and easy way to upload and share your images with clients, but you can also customize layouts, create and include slideshows, and utilize video and GIF integration to bring your life to your client gallery experience. They also offer art galleries for photographers to showcase and sell their artwork. One of our favorite features PicTime offers is the slideshow feature. PicTime's slideshow creator adds another level of emotion to your galleries. Featuring a huge library of over a thousand licensed music tracks with automatic beat matching. Their slideshows offer full customization with design tools and multiple layouts, including a mobile-friendly vertical format. This just adds such a nice touch to your gallery that your clients will receive in their inboxes. Another new feature we also love is PickTime's blog editor. It makes it easy to create and publish blog posts right from the gallery workflow, and you can also easily create SEO-optimized blog posts in minutes with advanced design tools to showcase work in the best light and increase your online presence and reach new clients, which we love to hear. So use our code ECPODCAST for one bonus month when upgrading to any PickTime paid plan. That's our code, all in caps, EC podcast for one bonus month when upgrading to pick time. Go check it out. Okay. So moving on to follow-up. So here's where we're at in the booking process phase. You've gotten your inquiry. You have reached out with a clear email response that is informative, that is timely in your response, that is intentional, and you haven't heard back from the client yet. So let's just kind of paint that picture as a scenario. Um, Follow-up is so, so important. And I would say the amount of times you follow up with a client is going to be up to you what you feel like is efficient for your business. But at this point, I feel like I like to follow up one to two times max um, with a client, especially if it's an an inquiry that like really intrigues me that I really want to work with the client. Um, although I pretty much do this for almost every inquiry following up after the initial inquiry is important because sometimes your first email can go to spam. This has actually happened to me, um, a handful of times in the past. So I've just really learned the importance of following up. Also, I've also just learned that there's not a lot of people in any industry period that, is good at following up. There's been so many times where like I've called to make appointments for something or called up another business in the area for a service and just nobody follows up. So it's just another way for me to kind of set myself apart in the industry. Um, But I have booked clients through my follow-up emails before because I'll send a second follow-up email and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I've been so busy. I've been meaning to respond to this or I didn't see it, or it went to my spam folder, whatever the case may be, they then will be appreciative of the follow-up as a reminder to them. And then they will end up booking me. I'm not saying this happens all the time. Yeah. It's just kind of like something that has happened in the past enough times where it's like now part of my workflow because I've learned the importance of it. So following up with the clients after they've, you know, initially inquired is important. And I do have email templates for that as well. Same thing as the first thing that we said, you know, like I still customize it and make it a little bit more personal, but it's way more time effective if I already just have like a first follow-up email, second follow-up email template already in 17 hats that I can send. Um, I love that. That's a great, that's a great tip. I'd love to chat a little bit about when they actually, or when the client actually books with you. So Uh, For me, and I know we're very similar in this way, but we both will send out a booking email and a contract, an invoice, a welcome packet, and a questionnaire, which is really great because it helps you just get to know the couple a little bit more and helps you just um, give them a better client experience. And again, this is all stuff that we already have set up in 17 Hats. So we have our contract template, our invoice template. Welcome packets all set up, all attached to the emails already. So it's really great. You can just send everything out in the click of a button. So that's really important. 
Um, Another thing is that it's really easy to forget any to-dos that you have surrounding that the couple that you booked or the date. So if you have any information, I like to go ahead and go in and add um, notes to their project. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to go in and add to-dos in my calendar specific to that couple. So that would be following up with um, an email or multiple emails before their wedding day if it's a wedding client. That could also be making sure to reach back out and set up a phone call with them mm-hmm. and then plugging the phone call in your calendar as well. So making sure to go ahead and write all of those to-dos down the day that they book with you is very helpful, I know, for us because it's very easy to forget or get mixed up Mm -hmm. if you don't write those things down right away. Exactly. If you have like 30 clients a year, it's going to be so challenging as you can imagine to like know when to reach out to each one of those 30 clients because they're all going to have 30 different dates in your calendar. So to kind of know when you're going to set up a phone call with this client, send a client gift to this client, send, you know, the, okay, the email that says, give me your final timeline and shot list before this wedding day, or when should we plan your engagement session? All of those emails are going to be on a different timeline for every single client since every single client's date that they're booking you is different. So to keep yourself organized there. That's honestly one of the biggest parts of our workflow is what Julia is saying. Like you're kind of going in as soon as you book that client, once the client is booked, that is when we will go and kind of record each one of those things and when they need to be done in each and every client that we have and all of their projects. So basically for me, kind of always looks the same Um, if, especially because most of my clients right now are wedding clients and most of them book engagement sessions with me. So the to do's that I'll kind of put in the calendar, once they book, after I send their contract, after I send the invoice, after I send the welcome packet would be things like reach out about engagement session that's included in their package, get the final timeline, which is usually one month prior to the wedding date for me, send a client gift, which is about a month after they've booked me because it's a little bit, I like to do it at that time frame because it's a little bit after we've initially talked, but like just enough time where it's like, okay, we haven't heard from her like in a couple weeks and now they get this gift from me and it's like, oh my gosh, she was thinking of me, you know, send it. It's just a nice little thing Mm -hmm. that they get, you know, a month or two after they book. Um, So those kinds of things are things that I will like routinely do with every single client. And it's important for me to be able to just keep all of that organized. And I know that I will forget unless I do it right when they book me the same day, the same hour that I'm sending the contract and the invoice out, if that makes sense. Yes, for sure. I think that's really helpful. Okay, let's talk a little bit about before the actual shoot. So this is after... You've booked everything, everything's all set in stone, everything's good to go. You follow it up with locations and uh, and timing, just say it's an engagement session. Uh, or if it's a wedding, you have gotten their timeline, you've looked over everything, everything's good to go, and it's the day of the shoot. So if that's the case, then I personally always will send my client a text that morning of either their shoot or their wedding. And it's just a little kind of nice extra thing that you can do because I feel like for us, we try to keep all of our communication over over emails uh, so that, you know, we're not texting and it doesn't get confusing. Again, I know everybody's different with this, but I think for me, like I, if I was texting clients all day or all the time, I think it could be a lot. So um, I like to keep all of that separate, but on the day of their shoot, I will send them a little text in the morning and maybe say something like, happy wedding day. Let me know if you need anything. Or same thing with the shoot. Let me know if you need anything. I'm so excited for our shoot tonight. Um, So I think that's really helpful because then they can send you, um, you know, any questions that they have. Make sure you guys meet up at the same location Sometimes I'll send my clients like a, a an actual pen with the location for an engagement session where we're going to meet. So all of that stuff is really helpful, very just like quick and simple and easy that you can do over text. So that is 
the next step, I would say, after after everything and right before your shoot. And then, of course, then you show up, shoot, and hopefully have an incredible shoot. <laughs> and um, it's kind of fun because I feel like hopefully you already feel like you know your clients and they feel like they know you. And I think that that's something that a lot of my clients tell me is that like, we just feel really comfortable around you. We've already felt like we got to know you and stuff like that. And I feel the same about them because I had sent them a questionnaire and was able to um, hear a little bit about more like about their story and um, just about what kind of shoot that they are looking for or what their expectations are of me. So that's always really helpful. Um, So next we can dive into following up after a shoot, which this is also something that I really, really love to do after the shoot. I don't like to just kind of like leave them uh, or just like, you know, show up for the shoot and then I'm done and that's it. (laughs) I like to give them uh, a great experience from the beginning all the way until the very end. And so that means I will if I take any uh, little behind the scenes photos or anything like that um, at their shoot, I will text them the behind the scenes photos or the behind the, behind the scenes videos that I took on my phone that night and just like send them a little thank you note or just tell them that I had such a great time. And um, and I think that that's really, really important for a shoot. Uh, that's even important for somebody that doesn't do photography If you are a hair and makeup artist, you could even send them a little text that says like, you know, you look beautiful and I hope you had the best day. I think just that little note goes such a long way. Even if the couple doesn't see it right away, it goes a long way and it just adds to the client experience. So highly recommend doing that. And uh, if it's a wedding or something, I know Tony does this, but she'll like take little Polaroids and stuff like that. And that's another little thing that you can Um, give to your clients at the end of a wedding night. I always like to make sure I uh, tell my clients goodbye and everything like that before I leave a wedding. So that's always really important too. Okay. So now you've done your shoot, followed up with them, sent them some little uh, videos or behind the scenes stuff. So now at this point, I will have gotten back to my house and I will go straight into my backup process and the editing workflow and all of that stuff because this is where the real work begins for us as a photographer. And this is how we just stay very organized and consistent with this because it's the same thing with emails. If I didn't keep all of my or my backup process and my memory cards and all that stuff organized, it would be a hot mess. So <laughs> so this has been really helpful. So I kind of want to get into a little bit about our actual backup process. But once I'm home, I, from a shoot or a wedding, I will do this right away as soon as I get home. I don't like to wait. I like to just go in and back up everything. It gives me peace of mind. So um, I also want to make sure I am doing the best job for my clients and keeping everything nice and safe for them. So I will go ahead when I get home, I will pull up my hard drive and I will go ahead and start backing up the images. So I'll create a folder on my hard drives with the name of the couple and their date. And I will go ahead and take everything off the memory card, put it in that folder. And I might even um, back well, I love to back everything up onto two hard drives. So if that's possible for you, I recommend having multiple hard drives to back everything up to. And then I will take the memory card and store it in a little box that I have and put a little sticky note with the couple's name next to the memory card. And I never delete anything off of the memory cards until that gallery is actually delivered. So I will always keep those memory cards nice and safe. So that way I have the backup of the um, the photos on two hard drives and I have the memory card. So that's three different backups right there. And I, I know wanna, this is a little extreme. No, no. I was just going to say I do the exact same thing except yeah. I don't have a box. I literally just have – I wish you could see right now. It's literally <laughs> a terrible system. But I, I have the 
like the card, the SD card and the backup card from every single shoot. Yes. Every single wedding that I do. Mm -hmm. And I have a sticky note on each one, but I just have it laid out on my desk and I need a box like you said. So yeah, that's a good little tip that I'm going to take away from it. But my desk is like such organized chaos. Like I know exactly (laughs) what everything is, but if somebody were to come in and look at my desk, they'd be like, oh my gosh, (laughs) there's like SD cards galore everywhere. So a box is a good idea. Yeah, I actually you can so you can order one off of Amazon, which is what I did, and I think it's actually like a jewelry organizer. Oh, send but, me the link. Send yeah, me the I will. Link. I will. But you can um, put your memory cards in there, and it's really important. Also, just a little side note not to make sure your memory cards don't get scratched because they are uh, very delicate and stuff like that. So you want to just stick those away where they're going to be safe. <laughs> just having it on my desk. <laughs> So so that's really important. Uh, Make sure to do that. And then from there, everything will be backed up. I will have peace of mind at that point and I can go to sleep at night. So that's really important. I I actually need you to send me the link to the box because I'm on Amazon (laughs) right now and I need I don't know which one you have. So I will. It's actually, I think I only spent like $8 on it or something. Yeah. Oh, they're cheap for sure. Yeah. yeah. Worth it. So that's really, really helpful. Um, After all of this, just say it's, you know, the next couple days or something and I'm ready to edit everything. From there, I will call all of the photos. We use Photo Mechanic or you can use um, Narrative and we will go ahead and call all of the photos from there and then import them into Lightroom and then start on all of our editing process, which, um, we have, you know, specific timeframes to be able to edit all the mm-hmm. photos. Um, after, I know we're kind of like, we're moving fast here because we have a lot of a lot of stuff that goes into the workflow. <laughs> yeah. So bear with me. But after we edit everything, all of that will be exported from Lightroom back onto the hard drive. I will put everything into a new folder title it their the couple's name and make sure that it says edited on there Mm -hmm. and so from there you'll have everything edited on your hard drive if you want to back this up onto two hard drives by all means go for it Uh, i do yeah yeah yeah. that's good that's good and then we'll take all of the edited photos upload them into your client gallery delivery service and from there everything's done, everything's safe, and you can mm-hmm. send out that uh, gallery to your clients, which Tony's going to chat a little bit about that follow-up process. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be, that's kind of like, you know. The one breakdown. The, yeah, that's the breakdown. That's kind of um, one of the last steps is just like sending out that gallery and everything. Yeah. But, so to clarify, you're, mm-hmm. we never edit off of the card. We never edit off of the computer. You're only editing off of the hard drive. That's going to save so much space, so much room on your computer. It's going to help Lightroom function faster. It's going to help your calling system function faster, your computer overall function faster. So that is a mistake that I learned in the very beginning of my (laughs) business. I used to edit everything like off the computer, but hard drives really do change the game. And you just want to make sure that you are constantly backing those up to other hard drives and never editing anything off of anything other than those hard drives. And then once the gallery is sent out and then like we can delete the the card and format the card, but I never, ever, ever delete the raws off of the hard drive. I never delete raws off of really any hard drive. I will just do it off of the card. So it's really good to just keep the raws and the edited version. And that's why it's important to have two separate folders for those two different things under one client's, you know, folder and name in the hard drives. But yeah, I would really recommend keeping both the raws and the edited versions from every single session on the hard drives. Yep. And um, at that point, I'll take my memory card out of my little box <laughs> and I'll, like, it, I'll format it and then I can go ahead and reuse the card again and shoot on it and add it to my little memory card yeah, case and exactly going. So, so, that's so really good. another takeaway from all of that is that you definitely need to have more than just a handful of SD cards 
handy because you can only edit so fast and get these pumped out and turned around. So you definitely want to make sure that you have plenty of SD cards um, for, you know, especially if you're a photographer, obviously, um, to be able to shoot if you're having a really busy wedding month or a really busy, you know, season like we are right now. I'm sure a lot of photographers listening can relate to that. Um, You want to make sure that you have enough to be able to shoot everything in a week without having to compromise formatting the card prematurely. Um, And I have to say, I don't know about you, Julia, but I've never actually had to use the backup system of going back and reloading the photos from the SD card because something went wrong there. But it's just a nice peace of mind to know that you have the originals just in case, God forbid, um, one of your hard drives corrupts or crashes or something like that. And then you don't have the original photos. So I'm yeah. always just scared that I'm going to prematurely delete things off of the card. So that's why we do that. Um, you don't have to do that, but that's just kind of like an extra little backup system that we have in place that we still For use sure. to this day, even though we've never really had to use that yeah. part of the backup system. I don't know if you have, but I haven't. Um, I think I have one time actually. And I, okay, I so was there so- you go. I was so thankful for my backup process at that point because I think go. one of my hard drives ended up um, corrupting Ooh. or something. But luckily, I had everything backed up onto another hard drive. So I was Good. not worried at all about it and right. um, ended up getting it all fixed and it was totally fine. But that's Which why is, yeah. that's why we have all of these exactly. systems because you don't know – it's an electronic. Like you don't know if yep. it's going to fail. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't yeah. know if you're going to accidentally drop something. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're not it's perfect. It's like insurance. You, know, you can't prevent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't so get insurance been, for, for every yeah. single day. You get it for the accident that happens. So Right, right, right. And I yeah. just like never, you know, when anything happens, since I have this backup process, I feel so confident in it that I don't have, you know, anxiety about it or like I just feel very good about it and I know that everything's, everything's safe. So Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, kind of just moving out from like that process as a photographer, okay, now that you have delivered everything, you have backed up everything, everything is kind of um, like the workflow with your backup system is in place and you have that kind of system down pat. That's what you're doing consistently every time. Now your service is complete once as photographers, if you're a photographer listening, the gallery sent out, that's kind of like the last service thing that is completed typically. Um, so we want to kind of talk about, you know, the follow-up after that, um, for everybody, again, it's going to look a little differently, but something that I know Julie and I both do is we like to make sure that we will send a follow-up email on the rare case that we don't hear back from the client after we have sent something out just to make sure that everything was received. Okay. Maybe it got the email wrong or, you know, accidentally typed in the email wrong or something when you were sending out the gallery, if you didn't hear back from them, it's always good to just send a nice little follow-up. Typically that doesn't happen, but, um, it's just nice to, again, send that follow-up email and have it in place. If you haven't heard back from them. Um, another thing that you could do is just kind of send an email saying like, I just want to let you know that, you know, your gallery was just sent out. I really had such an amazing time working with you guys. Just kind of like ending out, rounding out kind of little cherry on top moment where you're communicating like not one last time because obviously you can communicate more after that if you want to, but just kind of finishing it out by like saying and communicating, hey, the the expectations are this is complete. This is your gallery. Thank you so much for hiring me again. I truly had an amazing time. We both have uh, email templates for Mm -hmm. this that we can just include the gallery link or you can also have um, templates like within your um, client gallery delivery system or service. Um, So you could do it that way or you could do it within let's say 17 hats. Either way works. Um, Whatever's going to help you keep track of things the best. Um, And then another part of the workflow, just again, as photographers specifically with this for us is we will like have automatic emails that go out over the course of the next year, especially around holidays or anniversaries or any kind of annual sale that we're going to be running um, to make sure that they just are in that automated system where they're getting those emails and reminders of, hey, there's a print sale going on. There's an album sale going on right now and everything is right attached to your gallery. Here it is again. So just kind of 
like having those little follow-ups throughout the year if you want to try to make a little bit more passive income. I think setting that up for yourself and kind of setting a passive income workflow is going to be really helpful. And that's a big way that we do that as photographers. Um, so I just kind of wanted to touch on that. Is there anything else that you wanted to add, Julia, about like following up once the service is completed or do you feel like that's kind of it? No, I feel like that's really good. I think again, like I do use the templates inside the, uh, client gallery service. Um, and that's really helpful. I will just go ahead and send out their gallery, send out the little email template that I have. And on that email template, you can follow up on there with reviews. If you want them to write you a a review, you can add a link to where you get your reviews. And um, I've done that and it's really helpful. You can also add on there any information about purchasing prints or you know, how long the gallery, how long the gallery will be up for. I don't know if, um, I know for me, like I sometimes will, um, take the galleries down after like six months or something. Um, so it just depends on what you want to do, but again, setting their expectations for everything that has to do with the gallery. Mm -hmm. Maybe you give a slideshow, you can add stuff in there about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, any information about reviews or prints, that's really helpful because then you don't have to go back in and um, answer, you know, more questions like once yeah. the service is completed. So I think that's been huge. I'm so glad you mentioned the review thing because I forgot I was going to mention that as well. But yeah, that's a great time to send a little questionnaire or just a link where they can just you make you make it easy for them to give yep. you a review. Don't just say, like, hey, if you want to write a review, like let me yeah, know. Exactly. No, no, no. Like get make it so super easy. The less clicks, the better for them. Like to mm-hmm. kind of don't make them search around for where they needed to write a review. Just give it to them in the email. But that's a great time to collect reviews. And um, especially if you know like that client really loved working with you and you really loved working with them. It's just a great way to kind of end out the experience. And that's kind of what happens when you like go anywhere like if you go someplace or you you listen to a podcast or something yeah. like at the end that's kind of when they will ask for a review or how did I do you know you know those calls that you get like after a, yeah, a service sure. call and they're like for let sure. us know how we did you know rate us five stars or give us feedback or whatever so that's a great time to do that at that point um so yeah. glad you mentioned that yeah of course I know I think feedback for me is really helpful it's really important um, it even is. after we do our workshops and things like that, we yes. love to hear mm-hmm. uh, our girls' feedback because it just really helps us make the next experience even better. So that yeah. is huge. So absolutely. Yeah. And one other thing that I wanted to kind of just briefly touch on, just like another part of workflow that we could kind of quickly add to this episode is just kind of scheduling in your calendar. Um, when you're going to be posting on social media, when you're going to update your website, if you have a system to kind of do that, it kind of makes the, those tasks with keeping up to date on yourself (laughs) with your work and kind of showing your portfolio, um, just less daunting. I feel like we can get really overwhelmed as content creators, um, of like when to post, how much to post when's the last time we updated our website. So For if you sure. kind of have a system to do that and just add that into your 17 hats or whatever system it is that you're using, stay organized. Um, that as well as like penciling in time for when you're going to edit, when you're going to do emails, when you're going to take breaks throughout your day, when you're going to have time off. I feel like if you do those things way in advance rather than the week of or the day of, it's honestly so much more organized because we've said this before, like no one else is going to create some custom plan for you or when you should be doing things like Mm -hmm. you maybe would have that structure at a quote unquote normal job, like nine to five where you have a boss kind of telling you what needs to get done throughout the week. Um, No one's doing that for us as small business owners or entrepreneurs. So to put those systems in place for yourself is going to be really, really helpful I mean, even all the way down to like scheduling in time every month or quarter to put money away for taxes. Like I have a little reminder. I've set like a monthly reminder in 17 hats for me to do at the for in the first week of every month to put away 30% of whatever I made in the previous month 
into a separate bank account for taxes specifically. And if I do not have that in my calendar, let me tell you, I 100% will forget. I will not do it. And then I will be upset with myself when it comes to tax season of like, shoot, I didn't put away the money that I should have been putting away. So those little things that just, I'm sure there's like so many of them that we could think of, but those are just a few examples of like other little things that you know you have to do as a small business owner, but it's really hard to sometimes even just be motivated to find the time to do those things. So penciling them in and making it a part of your to-do list or your weekly, monthly, annually, or quarterly, whatever it is, part of your system that you can do this every single month, every single quarter. Um, So that way you know, like, okay, this is the time that I've carved out for this specifically. Because sometimes if you just look at the list of things that you need to do, it's so overwhelming. But if you create specific times in your day throughout your week to do those things, then it's like, it's like taking a little bite at a time, you know, it's like, how do we eat an elephant one bite at a time? So um, yeah, I just feel like setting those little systems up into place is going to be really helpful. And just even just penciling in, like, this is the time of day where I answer emails. This is the time of day where I answer phone calls. That is honestly just so helpful in giving yourself structure and just creating like a better, more time efficient, more consistent workflow. So I know that was a lot, <laughs> but yes, workflow yes. is a lot, you know, so it hopefully, is. hopefully that was helpful, but yeah, I, that's kind of like the note that I wanted to end it on. Just hopefully mm-hmm. you can take things away from this episode, guys, that just really helps you kind of even just rethink like what your workflow is right. and what are yes, some pain points definitely. in your workflow that you could be a little bit more organized in. And pat yourself on the back for the things that you feel like you're doing really well and make sure you're staying consistent with those things. Um, But either way, you know, it's never easy to create a very successful workflow. This has taken us years Mm -hmm. to think of all these things and get in the right habit of doing them. So don't be discouraged if you feel like your workflow is a little sloppy. Just try to work at it one, one thing at a time. Take it like piece by piece. I love that. Okay, friends, that's it for today's episode. I know we covered a lot today, but we hope you were able to take some notes and you enjoyed this episode. And yeah, a successful workflow is very important to running a successful small business. So we hope you found this episode helpful today. And if you love this episode and you're feeling generous, leave us a review about how this podcast has encouraged you or helped you in any way. And of course, this helps us grow our podcast and keeps it going. So thank you very much. And make sure if you're following us on Instagram at Equipped Creatives to stay up to date on all things going on with us at what we're doing over here at EC. And never hesitate to DM us with questions or podcast topic suggestions that you want to hear us talk about. And thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Equipped Creatives Podcast. For more education, go to www.equippedcreatives.com.